So a very warm welcome to the third of our sessions, Coming Home to Our Bodies. And I want to just start with um, just inviting you to think about a number of occasions you might have experienced and how you experience those in your body. So maybe think back to the last time you had a really good belly laugh. You know, something happened, you were talking to somebody and you had a really good belly laugh. What was that like? <laughs> what happened to your body and your mind as you did that? How about the last time that you went to meet someone you really love who'd been away for a while at a train station or an airport or a bus station or maybe actually at your front door and you were waiting for them to arrive? What was the experience in your body and your mind as you were waiting for this loved person to arrive at your doorstep, at the bus station, at the arrivals lounge. What's it like when you experience just maybe in the midst of whatever, a stab of pain, physical pain, a momentary joy, momentary sadness. All of these experiences are experienced in our bodies in some way, in our bodies and minds in some way, but how? We bring a really powerful lens, often we bring a really powerful lens to our body. How many of you identify with these statements? I'm too short. I'm too tall, I'm too old, too young, I'm not thin enough, I'm too thin, my body's not as athletic as it should be, I don't have a builder's body, I don't feel vital enough, I'm losing my vitality. These are really common experiences through our learning history to relate to our bodies with these lenses. In James Joyce's book, The Dubliners, he has this phrase, Mr. Duffy lived a short distance away from his body. <laughs> if you think about your own body, how far away do you live from your own body? Do you live up close to it? Do you live a short distance or a long way away from it? My hunch is it's gonna change depending on circumstances and all sorts of things. So what I want to do today with just a few words and then a practice is to really invite you to do something of a radical shift in how you relate to your body. <laughs> John Kabat-Zinn sometimes talks about an orthogonal shift term that some people like and other people find just puzzling, but it essentially means just taking a, a different perspective, a different view on our body.
And one of the books that I love that does this more broadly on human behavior and human experience, but I think it's just the most brilliant thesis. It's Robert Sapolsky's book, Behave. And he invites us in quite a, quite a lot of pages <laughs> to reflect on our experience through a number of different lenses, all of them valid. Just before all of those experiences I described just now, a pang of pain, a moment of joy, a sense of anticipation of somebody coming through the arrivals hall. In the split level seconds before that, our nervous system, our brain was firing to create that state. It was firing to create that state of excitement or that experience of pain or whatever it might be. So that's the first lens. What he then invites us to do is to step back a bit and say, well, the moments that all of that neural activity happened appeared in a context. And this, I'm gonna start by saying abstract and some of you are gonna be getting a bit abstract, but then I'll make it very real for you. Our basic bodily state, what's the state of our hormones, our endocrinology, that is the context for that moment? So that might sound a bit abstract, but let me just use a few words which will make it, I think, less abstract. Whether we feel like we are really well rested or tired. Whether we're in the midst of adolescent puberty. Think back to that and how one's hormones completely shift your experience of all of those things. For the women who've had children on the call, pregnancy and the way in which the body is completely in a different state through the three trimesters and how experiences are framed and menopause. These are all body states, the context in which we experience our body. And then Sapolsky asks us, step back another step and think about your whole life history. how much safety you've experienced, how resourced you've felt in your life, the kind of parenting you've had, whether you're living in a lot of deprivation with no resources and constant stress, all of this will shape our body and our experience. There's a huge amount of evidence now suggesting that childhood trauma is something that really shapes the minds and bodies capacity for resilience and experience. And then Sapolsky keeps on going. He says, now think about your genetic code <laughs> and the way in which your genetic code is actually programmed for how you're gonna experience that moment. So here's an example. Some people love, genetically, they love novelty. You put small babies in front of novel stimuli and their genetics will signal how much they turn towards it with interest and how much they shy away from it. That's your genetic code playing out in all of these moments. And so on, the broader culture in which these different things are shaped. And our whole, whole evolutionary story. Now, Sapolsky ends <laughs> with this thing, which some of you may find really unsatisfactory. 
but I like it. He says, if there's one thing that comes out of my book and my study of human experience and human behavior, it would be this. It's complicated. <laughs> I love that. It's complicated because it's not a simple answer. It's not a simple way of thinking about our experience. And I think mindfulness can help us here. And how? Mindfulness invites us to take that different perspective, that orthogonal shift that John Kabat-Zinn speaks about in bringing mindfulness to our bodies, which after all, are always there and available to us. And it invites us to do that in a way that is present moment focused. What is happening in your, you know, when, when we, do a, a, a body practice or a mindfulness practice, what is happening in the body in this moment? Not yesterday's sneeze, tomorrow's back pain, what's happening in this moment? And of course our body is available to us from the moment we're born, right the way through the whole of our lives. So I'm gonna lead, um, uh, a practice in the moment, but just before I do that, what I'd like to speak to is the way in which these formal body-based practices can support us in three ways. The first is the body is always available to you as an anchor in moments of ease and peace, moments of rest, in moments of challenge and moments of difficulty. The body is always available as somewhere for you to come back to and to use a, a, a sort of a boating or a sailing metaphor to anchor your awareness in the body. And the second thing, which is going to sound simple, but I really don't think it is simple, is the body is available to you a bit like your phone's battery indicator which tells you if your battery is full, 70%, low, or in the critical range. Turning inwards and scanning the body can do the same thing for us. It can give us a readout of our current state. Not whether we, well, actually, whether we need to charge our batteries in terms of rest, but also whether we need to eat, we need to drink, whether exercise would be something that the body needs just now or whether the body needs a hug, it needs some connection, it needs something else. So our battery indicator is a bit more than just simply does it need to be plugged in and charged, but it can relate to what we need to do to look after ourselves. And the final point, which I think is back to Sapolsky's, isn't it complicated? The body is an extraordinary, source of wisdom. And I use that word very deliberately. It's an extraordinary source of wisdom. My invitation to you would be that with many of the practices, particularly the body-based practices, the body scan, the mindful movement, and the walking practice, something that's been said to me, and I've said to others as well, is if you're struggling with something or there's some issue or challenge or difficulty or question in your life, the phrase I use is take it to your mat 
What I mean by that is when you are practicing a formal mindfulness practice, just let have that, just let yourself have that question rest lightly in the background. Not struggle with it, not sit down looking to analyze it. And just see if the body has got some clues or the practice has got some clues about what might be a wise and skillful response. Glennon Doyle, the author of a recent book, Untamed, writes, your body will tell you things your mind will talk you out of. <laughs> I love that phrase. Your, your body will tell you things your mind will talk you out of. Your body is telling you what direction life is. Try trusting it. So I'd like to transition to a practice. And this is a body scan practice. And as we transition into this practice, just maybe starting first of all by turning your attention to your body. So don't shift your posture just yet. Just turn your attention to your body and see what's around for you in this moment. Maybe just scanning through the body and the mind, the landscape of the body, the landscape of the mind, and see what's around for you. Just noting maybe a word or two to describe that. And now let your body guide you to shift your posture if you'd like to do that to a posture that has a sense of being awake, open, embodies a sense of dignity, presence. And see what it's like to listen to your body guiding you and to transitioning and shifting your body. And you can be sitting, lying, standing, whatever your body thinks. So in a way, what you're doing here is you're treating your body a bit like a battery indicator in the phone and just seeing whether the body wants to stand just now, whether it wants to lie just now, whether it wants to sit. And if there's any areas of tension or challenge or difficulty in the body, giving yourself permission just to soften and ease those areas of the body. The same with the mind, just scanning the mind. And if there are any areas of tension, tiredness or agitation, giving yourself a sense of permission to soften around those, have a sense of ease and space around them. Letting go of those mind states very intentionally now bringing your awareness to the sensations of breathing in the body. Settling on a place in the body that you can anchor your attention, anchor your awareness on the sensations of breathing. Keeping it simple, 
Sensing into the breath. As the body knows to breathe in. Sensing into the breath as the body knows how to release and let go of the breath. No need to control the breathing. This is being done by a really deep part of the brain and the brainstem. It's not something to control, simply to be and come home to sense of breathing in and breathing out. So you're choosing to anchor your awareness with the sensations of breathing. other thoughts or body sensations that are around before we moved into this practice that may be on the edges of awareness just now, just letting them rest there on the edges of awareness, but choosing, choosing to bring your awareness to the sensations of the body breathing in and the body breathing out. Coming home to, anchoring in this in-breath, this out-breath. This moment's in-breath, this moment's out-breath, with a sense of interest, sense of friendliness, and a sense of self-care. We're choosing to anchor Come home to the breath, come home to the body. So from this anchor of the breath and the body, 
inviting you to allow the mind to open out to a sense of the whole body with its myriad of experiences and sensations and all the things going on in the body being available to awareness just now. So that from the anchor of the breath, awareness can just move around and touch into other things that might be happening in the body. Again, keeping it simple. Staying curious and open. Where in the body is the mind drawn to? Are the sensations subtle or are they blaring? Are they restricted to a small area or are they quite diffuse? Are they pleasant or unpleasant? So this kind of playful, curious, interested quality as you let your awareness move around the body. Just the different sensations that might be around in the body. Seeing if you can dial up a sense of curiosity and interest, but also a sense of friendliness and care. And alongside this, this incredible capacity that we have, if only we use it for what's called protective mindfulness to know what in the body it's helpful to move towards and what in the body it's not helpful to move towards. Trusting that. As Glennon Doyle says in her book, just try trusting your body. As you open up to a sense of the whole body here, you may choose, and only if it feels appropriate, to bring your awareness to particular parts of the body that you know it might be interesting or fruitful to bring your awareness to, maybe the face or the jaw, shoulders or the lower back. anchor points that you know serve for you as anchor points, hands, breath, feet, 
breath in the belly or elsewhere. Giving yourself permission to either have this anchored awareness on the breath open to the whole body or to divert quite intentionally the flashlight of your attention to different parts of the body. It's one of the reasons for mindfulness training to be able to know when it's skillful, when it's wise to choose to bring your awareness to particular objects, particular parts of the body. But allowing whatever myriad experiences are going on in the body to be as they are. the sense of the breath as an anchor and the sense of awareness of the whole body. I'd like to just drop two small things into your awareness just now and just see how they resonate or land in the body. Maybe just bring to mind something from the day that's just gone. It could be just a very small moment. Something that you appreciate from your day. It could be an interaction with someone, a meal that you had, some exercise you took. text message you received, it doesn't really matter what it was, something that you appreciate from your day. And just let it drop into awareness and see how that lands in the body. What's your body telling you? Try trusting it. And in the final moments of this practice is coming back to the breath with this sense of the breath as an anchor. The body as a refuge, as a teacher. As somewhere to come home to. Coming home to the body.
exactly as it is in this moment. Thank you.